The sun sets over the land of many names. You find yourselves asleep in your respective cities. A dream takes you. You see far above the continent. The mist is gone and you see cities spiraling into the skies. Plains filled with green grass and creatures that you've never seen before running free. Mountains with snow-capped peaks. In the land you see armies of war. The armies turn against comrades as you feel something breaking. Fire rains from the sky. In quick sequence you see the civilizations collapse that turn to ruin, rebuild. The mist pours in from nowhere. From your high vantage point you see what is more familiar to you. A land covered in mist, pockets of civilization isolated from one another. What rained from the sky has created safety. But this is just a dream. A dream that fades from memory. The bar is bustling today. Uh, there's a burly bugbear stocking shelves. Uh, you see a young woman go and post a bill on the bounty board. You've kind of been eyeing that direction for a while. Um, what do you do? This is my chance. Oh, okay, okay. You can do this. You can do this. <clears throat> Ma'am, do you, do, you, do you need help today? Uh, she turns to you, uh, has like this bill, and she like jumps back. She's like, uh, I, I've I've lost I've lost a dog and she like holds up and turns it around it's just like this cute little uh, Pomeranian picture that's been drawn oh that, uh, <clears throat> that's I can I can uh, I can help with that it's like oh okay um uh Carl uh, oh oh uh, you you hear huh? footsteps what? coming up from behind you uh, as the uh, bar owner, your boss, uh, comes up and is like, "Shit, uh, I, I'm I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, but give us a moment. Um, just go ahead and post your bill." And he like literally grabs you by the ear and pulls you back behind the bar. But what? I I just I just want I just wanted a job. I've told you, son. You're not ready. You don't have a license. You're like 15. Like, why? Why do you? <sighs> it was just a. It was just a lost dog. Come on. You, you know, your parents told you not to do this, and they told me I have to look out for you. They, they're, they're overprotective, man. Just let me, let me help people how I can. I'm a big guy. I don't need to be stocking shelves. I need to be out there helping people. Um, he, like, takes a step back and crosses his burly arms. Uh, and like stomps his foot, just looks at you. Uh, what what does he see? Uh, can describe describe uh, Carl for us. He sees a 
just under seven foot tall bugbear um, to most people who don't know him. They see a very intimidating, strong man. Uh, what my very kind boss sees after years of knowing me and my family, he sees a overzealous kid who is tired of being held back by his parent, by his godparents, his aunt and uncle. Um, he uncrosses his arms and like puts a hand on your shoulder. It's like, son, there's a lot of life left to live. You don't, you don't need to be in a rush to grow up. Like, I'm, you're, I'm, you're off for the rest of the day. I want you to go home. Don't make me tell your parents. You tell them. Man up, like I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in the morning. Life rushed, life rushed me to grow up. Whenever I was left in my decimated village. Three years ago, I've done. I've done all the growing up that needs to happen. I'm ready. <sighs> I just have to tell them. He doesn't say anything. He just kind of stares at you. No. I assume you agree and head I home. head home. Uh, you take your take the long way home. Uh, you live in Alina. It's a beautiful city um one of the nicest in the mistlands its protection crystal pierces all the way up to the actual sky allowing for real sunlight to penetrate through Uh, all of the darkened alleys are lightly uh, illuminated by mirrors um, so there aren't any many at least scummy places to hide Uh, but no matter how long the route you take, you do eventually uh, arrive back at your home, or at least the home um, that you live in with your godparents. Amponin, you here? You see a small gnomish woman uh, in an apron. Can I come out of the kitchen into the living room where you've just entered? It's like, oh dear, you've 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 come home early. Yeah. Uh- my the shopkeep sent me home early uh is 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 uncle here too uh there's something i want to talk to you guys about uh she looks at you like seriously and uh it's like uh he, he is I'll, I'll i'll go get him uh she goes and like retrieves him he's uh in his workshop um and they kind of come out and uh she she can read the situation she just knows that you have something important to say so they kind of uh, both sit down on the living room couch uh, and you have like your own much larger chair, kind of like a single recliner that they got for you um, that you can sit in uh, kind of across from each other. It's like, oh, well, uh, what do you need to talk about? So uh, today uh, I, I was at work and I was I, I was looking at the the bounty boards and uh, there's some... Carl, we, we, but, no, we've we've talked about this. You're you're fifteen. You're I'm not, seven foot tall. Uh, I wouldn't trust you in a fight with Biltrix, uh, and he's three eight. You you you're just uh, you you know that the legal age to become an adventurer is eighteen. Like it's not legal. You can't. Uh, we can't have you going around doing crimes. What would 
What'd your parents think? Did I ever? Did I ever say crimes? I said. I, I said. I, there's the bounty board. Is it? I can help people. You won't. You keep me locked up here. All I'm allowed to do is fucking stock shelves. That there's nothing wrong with stocking shelves. That you. you when you're older, you can make your own decisions. But when you live here, you have to go by our rules. And you know that you're not allowed to do things that aren't legal. And you need an adventurer's license to take those jobs. We've been over this. I shouldn't need a license to help protect people. I'm sorry you feel that way. Me and uncle are going to have to have a conversation without you while we figure out that's fine. You make you make apparently you get to make decisions without me all the time. I storm off. That's that's, that's uh, Carl. You head upstairs into your your room. Um, the stairs are kind of hard to storm up, given that they're made mostly for known people. I um, take them about five at a time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but your room is like very much your sized. Like it's you like have these uh dark curtains and like a, a black bed sheet that like you really wanted and <laughs> like it just looks like a teenager's like you know it's, it's your it's your man cave yeah uh you slam the door and the whole house shakes um and you just sit down and cross your arms uh in your safe space they they do like respect your privacy um you know that you kind of have some time to yourself up here as i sit here stewing on this I go to my closet where I keep my few uh, treasures from my home and I pull out my crystal that keeps me safe from the mist that was my family heirloom before my family was taken from me. And I just hold it cross-legged on the floor for a few minutes and just think about what I've been through, what my family has been through, what I know so many people who live outside the safety of this massive walled city have gone through and are going through right now what I went through as an 11 year old kid and I think something breaks in me in that moment of I'm not the kid that they treat me as uh, I can do this just because this city has all kinds of stupid rules and regulations doesn't mean that there aren't places in the world where I can be who I was meant to be, who people need me to be. I think it's in that moment that I start to formulate a plan of how I can get somewhere to truly help people. Uh, you you hear arguing from downstairs. Uh, uh, you know your your godparent, uh, your godfather is not uh, 
very boisterous, uh, so you really only hear your um, Aunt Panan uh, just loudly saying, like, well, well, no, he's 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 fifteen. Like, I, I know you were we were wild when we were young, but what we have to protect him. Like, no, we you always take his side. Um, but uh, kind of like as you hear just this arguing from downstairs. Uh, what are you doing? I I need okay. If I'm gonna be on my own, I need I need money. Uh, this. Uh, where's my, where's, okay, I've been saving it over here. Uh, okay, I've got my, my satchel with my money, and, um, I think there's, I think there's some food in here from my, from my lunch this week. Um, oh, shoot, uh, my, oh, my, 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 my throwing axes. Okay, yeah, I'll get, I'll get my throwing axes, uh, that, uh, okay, uh, and what do adventurers use? Shit. Uh. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I got some money. I can buy things as I go. Okay. Uh, um, okay. It's time. Just do it. It's time. Okay. And I uh, crawl out my window uh, as I hear this argument happening behind me. As it fades, I collect my very few things as a 15 year old tends to have uh, and go to set out on my adventure uh, yeah you uh, go to like vault out of your window you're on the second floor um, but this is a gnomish settlement the gnomish house that has been modified for you so like the second floor is like six feet off the ground uh, so, so you yeah. basically just like flop onto the ground uh and walk out of the alley. As you do, you like hear the door open, and uh, you hear Carl. You can't stop me. I I know. I. You turn around, and it is uh, uh, Bill Tricks. Uh, at like he's he's actually shorter than Ponan. Um, little three foot eight gnome, um, wispy hair, spectacles. Um, literally dragging behind him. Um, is a giant uh, industrial hammer that you've used to help him in the shop when he needed something big and heavy hit. Um, but he drags it up to you and is like, we all go through these phases, son. Um, I look I, indignant that he called it a phase. And I, I, I don't think this is what you should be doing. I want you to stay here and I want you to grow up and I want to teach you things, but I understand that you need to make your own way. And if you are, then I, I want I want you to have this. And he like holds the the hammer up to you and then puts a little pouch in your hand that has some gold in it. It's like, um, you're always, always welcome back here whenever you need. Um, write your Right, Ponan, she'll she'll worry about you. And he like does a gnome thing. He just like holds his arms up to you, knowing that he can't hug you, um, but expects you to come down for a hug. I, I I fully pick him up and a tear a tear rolls down my face as I embrace him and I quietly say to him, 
Mom and Dad were right to to choose you. You and Bonan were you were the best. <laughs> You're the best godparents that anyone could ask for. I'll be back. I'll be okay. I can handle myself. I'll let you know what's going on. And Ponan. When you go to like put him down, you see that Ponan has already come out and is standing there hearing you. And she holds you up like a little lunchbox full of food. And she's got tears rolling down her face. And she, like as you lean down, she just gives you like a big around the neck hug. Just says, you be, you be safe out there, son. <laughs> I to fully start to cry at this point. Uh, and... You don't need you, you. You don't need to worry. I'm. I'm a big, big man. <laughs> I. It's. It's gonna be all right. I. My. My parents raised me for this. You raised me. To. See the world in new ways. And I can tell the difference between, danger and beauty I can't thank you enough for all you've done I'll, I will be back you, don't please don't worry I love you we love you too and you can kind of release and as you turn to go you walk away chance one look over your shoulder and they're both holding each other just like waving you goodbye Inside of the College of Barbier in Alina, there is an auditorium filled with distinguished beneficiaries, professors, even the headmaster of Barbier, Iskin, has deemed to listen in on this presentation. Um, there's a podium set, yet no one is upon it yet. If you took a step outside of the auditorium, you would see a halfling with all of his presentation equipment floating around him magically he looks kind of nervous uh alex can you describe Sidus to us yeah Sidus is a halfling he's about three and a half feet tall uh he has these telekinetic powers that he's kind of learned as he has uh, grown in his wizarding abilities uh, he has this skin colored leather tome that is floating by him in this magical quill that kind of floats next to him and he is probably visibly shaking as he is walking down the corridor of the auditorium towards the podium trying his hardest not to make eye contact with anybody in this auditorium and he gets up to the podium and he kind of snatches his book out of the air and places it on the podium very, very uh, softly and opens it up and finally makes eye contact with everybody in the auditorium and freezes for just a second. And he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a couple of note cards and taps them on the podium. And he says, 
Greetings, professors, beneficiaries, and friends. If you do not know, I am Dr. Cytus Sercator, professor of ancient history and languages here at the College of Varvier. I am the youngest person to graduate from the College of Varvier, and in being such, the youngest full-time professor in college history. For the entirety of my tenure at this institution, I have devoted my studies to understanding the world pre-misting, and have made quite a number of discoveries in this field thanks to you guys and your continued support. I know that I have asked for help in the past. Let me assure you, every time I ask you guys and you deliver the aid that I need, we lurch one step closer to unlocking the secrets of the foul mist that plague our world. The most recent of these, the sunken ruins of what we now know as Gungrich Castle, has given us more information about life before the mist than we have than we have had in decades. In this expedition, a tome was recovered, and Cytus uh, takes the book that is on the podium and, and holds it up in the air. Um, and he says, after interviewing members of the search team that the college sent, I have concluded that this book predates the mist. I know that our last expedition operation um, did not go as well as it should have. Um, but I believe that this book is pointing us towards another archaeological site uh, way, way far, way far away from Alina uh, in a city called Vesthelm. Using this map that I found inside the book itself, I've concluded that there is a potential archaeological site uh, about 15 miles Two days journey, give or take, uh, outside of the walls of this city called Vesthelm. Uh, and at this archaeological site, if my uh, conclusions and intuition are correct, um, we, will, we will be closer to understanding the world that we live in uh, than we have quite possibly ever. Uh, you hear like, as you... Pause. The few times you have paused, you've heard like just kind of this murmuring rumble, especially when you like mentioned your expedition to Gungridge Castle, like kind of like drowning you out was just like talk in, in the assembly hall. Um, but you just power through it because you're on script for a minute there. Uh, you, at the end of this, you see uh, one of the beneficiaries stands up. It's like, uh, what would make this different than the other expeditions that you've put forward. Uh, I know we found something in one of them, but we also lost seven lives. Like, why would, why, why would we invest in another one of these when even what we returned with was a book that only you have deciphered anything from? That is a uh, great question, and that is why I think that we should send... Uh, military men 
with our researchers. That is something that we failed to do when we went to Gungridge Castle. Uh, we sent researchers and we did not send a lot of backup with those researchers. I think that if we had the mentality that if we just went in guns blazing with the researchers themselves as well, I think that we would uh, find maybe more success in that. But I, I understand your, uh, your concern. Another person stands up. It's like, well, well, then, well, then, what are you, what are you suggesting? Like, what's, what, what do you need? What do you think we need to have success in this one, given the failure of the previous expeditions? Uh, I think that we need at least twenty researchers. I think that we need at least thirty, probably closer to fifty, armed mercenaries or military uh, men. There, there's like a loud like. Another murmuring that you're having to talk over now. Uh, um, and he he is now actively shaking. <laughs> he's trying to hide his his hands behind the podium, and he's kind of very very quickly and nervously looking around because I think he's recognizing that this is beginning to go kind of poorly. Um, and I, we'll need food. We'll need travel for these. Uh, 80 to 100 people. And I think that if my calculations serve correctly, uh, that would be um, roughly 15,000 gold. Uh, by the end of this, you're like, you pretty much have to shout 15,000 gold. <laughs> I, then I would have to say it a couple of times because I think the first time he's very quiet. <laughs> you basically, yeah, you basically like say it one time, nothing's happened. Eventually you just have to like shout 15,000 gold and then the entire auditorium goes full silent. Like from murmurs just to silence for like three seconds. And then just like laughter breaks out <laughs> from a weird corner and just gets contagious until the auditorium minus a few people are laughing at you. And, and Sidus actually <laughs> follows suit with them. He's like, ha, 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 I did not realize that I told a joke, um, but what is, what is funny? Uh, it, it, eventually it all dies down and then a uh, professor kind of like, and you expect the college to fund... 15,000 gold and a hundred people for this expedition? Well, I mean, who else would do it? Uh, a madman, perhaps? If you have, uh, if you know any deities, perhaps they could sponsor this venture. Uh, I don't, <laughs> maybe it's my size, maybe it's my voice, but I don't know if I'm making myself clear. I am... I, I can guarantee that there are answers that this book is pushing us towards that may help us understand why we live the way that we do. It would be worth an incalculable amount of money to be able to understand that, correct? Uh, as you're describing this, uh, or as you're explaining this, you see uh, a couple people have gotten up and are exiting the auditorium out the back mostly beneficiaries the professors are still in there um it's like another a separate one stands up and it's just like i i agree with you philosophically but this venture is beyond uh what we would sponsor for any professor uh, and 
Seven people died. You're... I, 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 I would, I will not support this venture. And they, uh, kind of, uh, sit back down and, uh, watch. Is there anybody that will help me in this endeavor that I am attempting to get past? Uh, as you say that, you see that most of the people are now filing out of the auditorium. Uh, the professors stay because they respect you personally, but none of them move to, like, support your proposition. And I think that Sidus does a quick read of the room and realizes that uh, this went as poorly as he thought it would. Uh, and he just kind of closes the tome and puts the uh, cards back in his pocket and he says well um i thank you for your time and i will revisit this uh, proposition that i am making and i will take your concerns uh and i will add them to the equation uh thank you uh, everybody and he raises up his hand and kind of does like a princess wave that <laughs> I, I thank you everybody um for listening um yeah and he just closes his book and just runs <laughs> he just bolts he's he doesn't know what else to do he just bolts out uh you just left the auditorium uh where, where are you going uh Sidus is going to hurriedly go towards his room that is actually kind of like an office room hybrid in the college itself. Awesome. Yeah, you have a professor suite, which some mm -hmm. people choose to sleep in and use for their apartment. Some don't. Uh, you, of course, do live on campus. Uh, you head that way. It's a pretty good trot. Uh, you hear some people talking in like a corner just been like, did you hear that this guy? He's like doing another pitch. And they like get really quiet as they see you approaching and you like storm by them uh, and they like just look over the shoulder at you. Um, but like other than that, you just manage to storm your way uh, up to your room. Yeah, as I'm climbing the stairs uh, up towards my room, just the moment that I ran out, uh, Sidus is able to get into his head and start to uh, drowned out the world around him and as he's in his brain he gets more and more frustrated so the moment that he gets into his room he slings open the door uh and just very quickly starts casting mage hand that foresightus is invisible so he gets to kind of have the force i guess <laughs> uh, and he starts casting mage hand a couple of different ways and a couple of different times and he's got a bag that you know clothes and he's got uh you know different things that are being thrown in there way too many scrolls to actually be able to fit uh and he's got his quill his magical quill that is writing this note uh on the uh on his desk on his leather top desk in his room um just kind of writing out his feelings at that moment what what he is thinking uh and he doesn't have a staff he doesn't have a wand he doesn't have any weapons he's never fought he's never killed he's never attacked anything before so he's thinking in his brain if they're if they're not going to help me this tome 
has the answers that we've been looking for. And it would be absolutely crazy of me to let something like this go unnoticed. And he starts to formulate a plan and he knows that this book continues to talk about, at least in the bits that he's been able to decipher, uh, a city called Vesthelm that is way far away from Alina. Uh, and he packs his bags, he seals that envelope with that note, and he leaves it on the desk. Uh, he grabs his coin pouch, uh, and he, just as frustratedly and hurriedly as he came in, he very quickly leaves yeah you uh collect all your things are you taking anything like monetary do you have uh i guess like you've probably been working here for a while do you have like a some gold yeah i he has a you know he's i would consider Sidus a fairly distinguished professor i guess and you know he's making money so he did grab his his coin purse and uh kind of attached it to the side of his uh person because He's never really ventured very far outside of the college itself, so he doesn't know the ins and outs and the rights and wrongs of how to do things, so he just kind of attaches it to his belt and throws his backpack on and uh, snatches his book out of the sky and snaps his fingers and his quill disappears, and he rushes out towards the docks. Awesome. Uh, Well, Sidus does know where the docks are. Like, he has a map of Alina, he probably could navigate anywhere. However, I, I don't think you like venture outside the college very often. Not at all. Um, so even though you like literally know where it is, it still takes you a while to get there. And turns out the shortest route isn't like necessarily the best route. Mm. Like you uh, step in some nasty fluids, you walk down some dark alleys in a city that doesn't have dark alleys. Uh, could, could you give me a, give me a perception check? Oh no. That's a three. <laughs> uh, yeah, you like I just described it. That's what you you yeah. see. Like most of that, he's uh, he's very focused on trying not to step on these icky, sticky liquids that you've described on the streets. Uh, but you do like you do know where to go. It's daylight. You don't get like murdered. It's a pretty safe city overall. Hmm. Um, but you do manage to make it to the dock. Uh, there is a boat that happens to be heading toward uh, Vesthelm. And um, I guess uh, you walk up to the booth and he's just like, um, uh, it's three gold for a ticket. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he reaches into his pocket where he's got a little bit of pocket change and he pulls out three gold and hands it to the man. And he takes it and stamps a piece of paper, hands it back to you. It's like uh, third boat on the right. And the next person in line steps up and you step away. Mm, okay. And I get on that boat. I walk in. Um, cool. Uh, you uh, get on this boat. Uh, the boat is a Tarvanian vessel. Uh, has mist splitter written on the side. Um, has a gang plank for you to walk on board. And I um, take one look backwards, uh, kind of contemplating this because... I think it hits Sidus very quickly as he's walking onto the plank of the boat that, what am I doing? What? And I think in a quick moment, he thinks to himself, it would just be easier to just turn around. It, it, 
I could go back my cushy job. I, you know, researching this a little bit more, um, but something pricks in the brain and the heart, wherever you want to think that it pricks actually don't think any other places <laughs> other than the heart and the head. Uh, and he recognizes that this is his duty. This is what is best for both him and the world around him. Uh, and he passes along the plank and enters into the mist splitter. Awesome. Um, kind of as you're like contemplating and like halfway up the gangplank, you hear just from the top of the boat, just like a halfling, hurry it up. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, and he uh, starts like, getting quicker. We're taking off. Uh, and you see like as you like step up, two guys just kind of like bump you out of the way to pull the gangplank on board. Uh, looks like you got here just in time. Uh, as you hear these uh, ship workers ho- hollering orders, um, you're vessel the mist splitter leaves dock um give me a give me another perception check okay perception check again that time it is a 15 yeah that's uh you you like kind of take stock in what you're where you're at what you're doing uh the mist the mist splitter is actually pretty nice uh as like you don't have a lot of experience with boats but it um you don't see anything that looks like extreme wear um you take a kind of a look at all the passengers on the boat um, most of them have already kind of gone below deck, but there are a few um, meandering around. Uh, one thing catches your eye very specifically, kind of leaning against um, a corner uh, of the vessel, kind of in shadow. You see a, looks like a seven foot tall, um, what you know is a bugbear, which is just a rare um, creature. Um, you don't, you've never seen one in But I've, I've read about them, you right? Have read okay, about them. I've read about them. Um, and it's kind of, you look up there, he's leaning, he has his arms crossed and like looking down his brow. Uh, he just looks really intimidating. Uh, I think that Sidus's uh, brain tells him to turn around and turn away from that person. Uh, but as he begins to think about it, he realizes that he it kind of sinks into him Uh, after hearing how easy it was for him to be pushed aside by the dock workers that he is completely over his head in what he's about to do. Uh, And I think he takes a deep breath and he thinks there's no way in hell that I'm about to go talk to this thing that is twice my size but maybe that is wait wait no no that's exactly what i need i i need a bodyguard i need somebody to help me with this uh maybe i maybe i can maybe i can pay him maybe he would take some gold okay and he starts to reach in towards his coin purse uh yeah you you realize that uh your coin purse is missing uh uh Oh, shit. And he starts to turn around to like exit the boat, but the boat door is closed. Yeah, you're you're officially, you know, a hundred yards from dock. Way too far for your little halfling body to swim. Uh, Oh my God, am I going to do this? (laughs) Yes, I am. And he walks just straight towards the bugbear, tries to be as 
uh, confident in himself as possible. And I think he walks with this just awful swagger towards you. Oh my God. Give me a performance. Oh, no. Deception. Do deception. Deception check. check. Is- uh, that is literally a two minus one. Uh, that that was perfect. That was a one. Carl, uh, you find yourself leaning into the corner trying to like disappear, hope no one notices you. And you see just, you saw this small halfling man uh, enter the boat, kind of get shoved around. Uh, you didn't make eye contact. Uh, you saw him like pat himself, look desperately towards shore. And now he's like, you think he might have a wedgie or something? He's like, <laughs> or like, he, he just the way he's walking, he's like trying to unseat something in his pants. You're not, you're not sure, um, but he's heading towards you. Can, can can I help you, little man? Um, yes, big man. I think that you potentially could. Uh, I am Dr. Sercator, uh, distinguished professor at the College of, uh, uh, and he actually blinks for a second. He's like, oh God, where, what, where's my job? <laughs> what do I do? Uh, and this is genuinely Alex forgetting what the name of the college oh, was. Barbier. <laughs> Barbier. <laughs> I am a distinguished uh, professor at the College of Barbier, and uh, I have a very, very important job from the, the college itself um, that I need your help with. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, heard, I've heard of you. Uh, what's the, Wait, you... What, you have? I you, mean, you've heard of me? It's the, you're the, you're the, you're known around town. It's you're the golden child, you know, youngest ever graduate the most prestigious school in town. It's, it's it was it was news a while when I was uh went back when I was a kid. Okay, well, I've introduced myself. And I think that the proper uh, social norm is to reintroduce you. You introduce yourself to me, and he holds out a very small hand. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, my name is Mister Carl. Mister <clears throat> <laughs> M- M- Carl. Okay. Carl. Carl. Carl Carl Yeah. Sorry. And you're a bugbear. Yeah. And I'm a halfling. I'm just I'm just naming things out that are obvious. You are, yeah, you are, I, yeah. I, I, I I'm not good at these things, man. <laughs> I'm. You're you're what, literally what? the only bugbear I've ever seen in my life, and yeah. that's pretty, pretty. What do they say? What do they say? Pretty cool. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. So, what's you said? There's a job. Yes, um, I am headed to the city of Vesthelm. Uh, I am a distinguished researcher, and I am going to be... Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Why? Uh, Sorry. I'm you not just, good at these things. I'm not, I don't typically talk normal, you, normal Usually people who are distinguished don't have to say that they are distinguished. Um. Okay, and he snaps his fingers and his quill comes out and he <laughs> writes that down in his book. And he says, don't keep saying that you are distinguished. Awesome, and he snaps his fingers and the I'm quill I'm a big guy, I don't have to be like, hello, I'm a big guy. 
Yeah, but if I were to do it based on my looks, I would say, hi, I am a small man. <laughs> and that, that does, that does not true. feel right. You're right. That doesn't feel right. You're right. Uh, anyway, about the job. We're going to Vesthelm. We are going to Vesthelm, right? I think everybody on this boat is. Yeah, oh. that's how boats work. God dang it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That's how boats work. <laughs> um, I and you and us, we are all going to Vesthelm. And in Vesthelm, I think that there are secrets. Come closer. Okay. It's Come a secret? Yeah, it's a secret. Secrets. I think I know where the mist comes from. What? Actually, this would be better done this way. And he cast message to you so that you, our conversation is in our brain. I think it best to do it this way so that people don't hear us because if they hear us, they might, wait, maybe it's better if they hear us so that more people come. Um, he, and he responds out loud. This is a better way to do it. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, I'm going to best helm. I need my stature is not conducive for somebody that would be able to protect themselves. And you look like somebody that you could need pro protection. Yes. And you've got a big ass hammer behind you. And that hammer seems like it would do wonders at protecting poor frail little me. That's that sounds, that sounds perfect. As, yeah. As I've been, I've been looking for, for, someone to protect that sounds weird that that does sound weird but it sounds perfect okay um, yeah, yeah i could pay you one day i i can't pay you yet i my money got stole <laughs> <laughs> i'm not good at these things man i'm used to staying inside the walls of the college and it's uh it's a lot squishier there that's not the right word. So, so uh, how are you going to, if you're not at the college and you don't have money now, how are you going to get money to pay me? Um, uh, well, I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, hmm, could you do it out of good fortune? I mean, good, uh, good, just, just, just good favor to one small dude to one big dude if I'm going to be helping you out just out the goodness of my heart and I think that I deserve a share in the profits of your venture deal you can have any riches that we find I just want answers if we find, I don't know, uh, paintings or statues or gold or amulets or swords or another big ass hammer, um, you can have it all. I just want the, I just want the, I just want the answers. And I can, as you say these, as you list off these things, his eyes get huge, and he just, he interrupts you and says, "I will protect." I will, I will, I will protect you. And if you can show me these pieces of history, I will protect them. And I, I, I don't. I will help you. 
Wonderful. Are, are you interested in history? Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. I, wait, wait, wait. Look, look. And he pulls out of his backpack like a, not a picture book, but like a textbook of just historical artifacts and different architecture and stuff. And I think he starts to recognize that like that's hitting a chord with you. Yeah. Uh, and he says, what? why don't we sit down? We get to know each other. We're about to go on a business endeavor. Well, maybe not business, research endeavor. Um, and let me show you some of the things that I've seen, not personally, but in books. And I can show you, do you know what a book is? Well, that was a, that was a mean question. You probably know what a book is, right? I've heard of books. Can, can you read? Yes. That makes this 10 times easier. Cool. And he sits right next to you and like opens up this book and puts it on your lap. And he says, um... Yeah, let's, um, gosh, man, you would think that as a professor, I'd be better at teaching and talking to people, but now I'm just mumbling. Now I'm just rambling. Um, well, well, is there anything that, mm, I think the better way to do this, instead of me showing you everything that I know, um, is there anything that you want to know about specifically? Have you ever heard of the... The lost city of Sangu. Oh, yeah. No, I have heard of Sangu before. That is that's an interesting place. Have you been there? Yeah, it's... As we it's fade out of the Miss Splitter, we, an unlikely duo um, has formed. I'm heading towards a shared goal. Sam, you find yourself in a mansion. Uh, you're in Vesthelm in an important uh, officiator's um, house, home. Uh, you're currently dressed as a staff member of fully correct um, uniform um, that you've tailored. You've staked this place out for weeks. You've plotted all of the guard rotations you know every room in this house and every way to get in um but no amount of planning can protect everything um you round the corner and at the exact right time but when you do you notice there are still guards by the door of the room that you're trying to get into um, you step back behind the corner. And can you give me a perception check? Yes, sir. Uh, it's an 18 plus 4, 22. Uh, you hear them talking, and there's just one of them is just loudly complaining. It's like, I, 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 I shouldn't have to pull the double shift. I, I work hard. I work as hard as anyone here. It's not... Like, do we even know he has food poisoning? And the other guy's like, dude, yeah, I like, I saw him. He was like bedridden. There's no way he's coming in. You're 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 on your own. Like, it, it sucks, but like, what are you gonna do? Not take the money? This is this just isn't fair. Like, I'm 
I'm asking for I'm asking for a raise. This is this is bullshit. Uh, and you just hear them like going back and forth, but uh, doesn't sound like the guard change is going to happen. Uh, that's the window you really needed to get into this office. Uh, what are you gonna do? Let's see. Uh, I want to peek around the corner to see about how much space is like in between like where I am and where the office is. Uh, yeah, just uh, you got a perception. You already did a perception check. You can just uh, we'll say this isn't really a full self check. You're just peeking. Um, it's about a 10 yards to this room. Uh, there's not a lot of places to hide. You might could get use a plant to like technically block your approach but if they're good at their jobs at all they're probably going to spot that kind of approach okay let me ask this how far away like how much space is there like between the two guards talking um you know three feet okay they're kind of posted up on it's a double door uh so it might be a little more than three feet but they're both posted up um just guarding this entrance so here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to uh, cast invisibility on myself and I want to try to do like a a cartwheel, but like, a, what's it called when you do like a, a tumble? Yeah, I kind of like do a tumble between them to like try to just get past them without them seeing me. Nice. Yeah, give me a, give me a stealth check. Give me a, you can have advantage because that's what invisibility does. That is a 14 plus 115. Awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, you go to, uh, you cast this spell. Um, I assume you're going to do this quietly with your magical item. Correct. Uh, and you like um, tug on your gloves. They just glow this soft, dark light. And the invisible, you do... Um, this spell through the gloves, which doesn't require verbal or semantic components, so you can just cast it on yourself, um, and you do so. Uh, you walk into the hall kind of like stealthily, and then just begin to try to tumble between them through the door. Uh, but as you get close, uh, a well-dressed woman um, moves to exit out of the door, and in her hand, she has this just small... Uh, short-haired dog that she's just tuck has tucked under her arm, and um, you see it goes, <laughs> it's like sniffing around, and then looks in your direction and just starts barking loudly at you. Uh, I want to try to parkour off the wall and like see if I can like get behind them to see if the dog. I'm trying to see if the dog like actually knows where I am or if it's just one of those I don't know weird dog things yeah um, yeah you could give me a acrobatic shape just kind of quietly move around to see if it'll track you uh, how about a four plus one five that's that's not great um, yeah you like like kind of do like a double take and like two guys in a hallway uh, and it's it seems to be like not looking at you but it's like looking in your direction the whole time and you see that she's like has it in her arm she's like princess you 
stop that. And she like gives like a soft like pat on the side and it just loses its mind yapping at something. And she like, it's like, okay, fine. And she sets it on the ground uh, and it just runs up to you and then bites at your leg. Okay. I have a, I have a question. Yep. I know in, in 5e, if like you cast another spell, it like, uh, it breaks the invisibility. If you fight, if you like use a weapon, does it break it? Uh, it does. Then click's just going to run. <laughs> <laughs> He's out. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, you try to like, you have this thing planned. You knew the guard shift. Uh, you, you cast invisibility, improvising the best you can. You go to tumble through this door, but are blocked by a woman holding a dog. She sets it down it's literally like grabbing your pants and like shaking. And they don't, what they see is just a crazed dog shaking at nothing. Uh, but as you like go to run away, the dog just like drags behind you for a second, just fully <laughs> latched onto your clothes. And the guards like stop, look in your direction and like draw swords uh, as like they see some of your invisibility shimmering from this dog biting at you. Uh, you're like, what? What what is that? Uh, and one of them pulls a whistle off his belt, and you just hear just it whistle throughout the castle. Your cover is blown. It's time to make your getaway. Yeah, the first thing I want to do is uh, just to try to get this dog off of me. Uh, yeah, you can you can you can kick it off. Yeah, well, I don't want to kick it off. Okay, I want to yeah. like moderately grab it, set it on the ground. And then run. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 do so. It's like snarling teeth, like, like slobber. It's not dangerous. So you just yeah you you take it. You set it down. It's still like trying to find you, but it can't see you super well. And you manage to like get away from it. Yeah, and I just want to run in the opposite direction of where the guards are coming from. They're coming from all directions. That looks oh, like good. they're about to be cornered. Um, give me a perception check. Okay. Uh, eight. Eight. Yep. Uh, uh, you're in a long hallway. Uh, there are windows, but it doesn't look like there's um, there's some rooms you could duck into, and then there's windows on the wall, and two go like it's about a it's a long hallway, and you can see they can't see you yet because you're invisible, but you can see on both ends of the hallways coming towards you are two separate sets of guards. Okay. In that case, I would like to try to jump through one of the windows. Uh, absolutely. Give me a acrobatics or athletics check. That would be an 11. 11. Um, you uh, kind of take a step back and jump through uh, one of these windows. Um, heading, You're on the second floor of this building. Um, roll 2d6. Uh, five. Uh, yeah, you take uh, five kind of slashing bludgeoning damage from breaking through a glass window and landing uh, on the ground but you're not injured you're just a little hurt and invisibility is a concentration spell so can you roll me a concentration check Uh, what do I add to that again constitution saving throw equivalent I believe okay that's a seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you jump out the window. They see the glass shatter and they like all, you know, look out the windows to see you just hit the ground and visibility just shimmers away and they see you in your uh, kind of help attire uh, and they all point and shout like, stop that man. And you 
bolt out of this guy's uh, estate. Uh, give me one more. Give me a athletics or acrobatics check. Uh, 16 plus 117. Awesome. Um, you uh, duck into alleys. You know this city. You manage to like scamper onto a roof and like lay flat as you like hear guard patrols run by blaring whistles and scouring the area for you, but they don't. So it seems like you've uh, evaded their uh, eyes. Um, so you're safe, but your cover's blown. You're probably not going to get... There's no way that they're going to let you sneak back into this place today. I want to touch my chest and then when and then I suddenly change clothes and I'm now wearing my normal attire which is boots and then like just leather and a like dark gray uh not trench coat but kind of like an overcoat you wear if if like you're really cold yeah uh since you're changed like uh but what is uh describe your your character for us uh yeah having now taking your true form yeah so um Click is a Verdan uh, goblin. They're a new race uh, of goblin, and their big thing is uh, I can actually cast Disguise Self without using a spell slot, so I can essentially uh, just change outfits at will. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to assume you're going to go back to headquarters, given that your mission has kind of yeah gone south. Yeah, I think Click is going to take uh, the long route back to headquarters to kind of do a self debrief and kind of get his story straight because this is this is the first time he's failed something like this, like this big. And so he's trying to kind of get all his nerves out before he talks with his his uh, his CEO. Yeah, you uh you take the long way around. Uh, you are in uh, Vesthelm, which is uh, it's a kind of a port city. Uh, it's on a bay. Uh, it's very cold here. Uh, your whatever you're wearing, your cloak is like actually there to keep you warm. Um, the back alleys aren't too bad. There's some snow and ice. The rooftops are white. Uh, if you don't know where to step, you can like slip on an ice puddle and bust your butt, but you're like a native of this city. By this point, you've lived here a long time, uh, five years or so, I believe. Uh, so you know the back alleys. Uh, you, you do eventually, no matter how long the route you take, end up at your destination where you are at a, a library that you know is the front for your uh, organization that you work for. Yeah, I enter and like normal, I go up to the second floor uh, to the where the tax documents are. I look for this one uh, kind of brown, almost it's it almost like how it, it looks like it looks antique, but it looks brand new. If that makes sense, someone wanted to make this book look old uh, and he goes and he like kind of tugs at it and then he gets revolved into into HQ. Love it. Uh, yeah, you uh, walk into the library. Uh, the um, librarian kind of looks o- over their glasses at you um, and goes back to reading their book. You head upstairs, pull your lever, um, which revolves you into a secret elevator that takes you uh, to the basement floor where you exit out into a bustling... Uh, office space 
Um, there's artificial light, so it's not too gloomy. Um, but you see there's just like chatter and talking and there's uh, debriefs going on and papers being passed around. Uh, just a busy workspace. But you know where you're going and you walk up to uh, a, de- a desk worker who's kind of towards the back of the room. Uh, you're basically gonna, you're asking for an audience with uh, kind of your the leader of this organization. Oh, uh, hey, Benedict. Uh, you can, we've known each other a long time. You can just call me Benny, like everyone else. Yeah, I know, but I failed this mission. Is uh, is the boss in? I, yes, she is. Uh, man, we were really hoping that was going to go through. What uh, would you say? She's in a good mood or a bad mood? Or have you have you seen Ophir today? I I doubt she's going to be in a good mood after what you have to tell her. <sighs> yeah, you're right. And I uh, start walking toward the office. Yeah, uh, you. The office is just like a short corridor away. Um, you see that the this is uh, Ophir's office. Um, you knock on the door. You're uh, uh, come in, and you do so. Uh, inside, you see there's like uh, two office chairs, one uh, kind of wooden desk that uh, she sits behind. Um, a human woman, uh, probably in there. Uh, late 40s, um, has glasses on, uh, hair in a bun, kind of like leaning over some documents. It's like, uh, click, what, what can I, what can I do for you? Hopefully you have good news for me. Um, no, uh, it's the heist did not go as I had hoped. Um, there was There was an abnormality with what I thought the schedule was going to be for the guard change. And I got caught in no man's land and I had to escape. You know, we have to prepare for these. At least tell me no one saw you. Well, it depends on. You're definitely that. Well, they saw a what they thought was an employee. Uh, she she just like puts her pen down from what she's doing and like like puts her hand kind of like on her face. It's like it's just one of those days. Up. Uh, so you didn't make it in. Ah, oh, we need that information. I don't know what. Uh, I. I'm not. I understand. Like these these missions can't go. But I I just. I was really depending on you here, Click. Send me again. I can. I can try again. That's uh, no. They no. If they've seen you even in disguise, we they won't fall for it. I'll have to send someone else. It's 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 okay. I'll we'll we'll worry about it. We'll we'll worry about it another time. I I have business to do. Uh, can you go see? Uh, uh, can you go see Zimri and see if he has anything that you can help him with? Oh. Zimmery, but he, oh, come on, he's all he has is like the boring stuff. I, I, let me try again. Let me try one more time. It was, I'll tell you what, just go, go do whatever Zimmery needs. And when you finish that, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll find something else to see if we can put your skills to use. I'm sorry. That's the best I can do. And, uh, click silently, just nods his head and kind of somberly walks out of the office. 
Yeah. Um, like, as you said, like Zimri, I, nothing wrong with the man, but he's kind of the lower tier. Like you, you, you had your foot in the door to really get the big job. Like this was your chance to prove yourself. And it's not even like, you don't think it's your fault that this is like a weird thing. Like you, you did everything right. It just didn't work out. Um, but there's like the boss, what the boss says goes. So you, uh, take a left out of their office and enter into Zimri's office. Uh, Inside, you see uh, Zimri, who's just a dwarvish man. He's uh, has paperwork stacked to the ceiling off his desk. His there's books on shelves, books on the floor. It's just a mess in here. Um, and you see that he's just like furiously scribbling over his desk. Um, without looking up, he's like, "What can I do for you, Click?" Um, Ophir sent me down here. Said you might have some work for me. Oh, thank God. Um, he like reaches um, into the stack of papers on the side of his desk and just pulls out one. The whole thing falls down and then he shoves it into like your hands and you look down and read it. And it's uh, looks like it's like an expert from a screenplay. Uh, what am I looking at? Zimmery? Uh He like looks up. And says, oh, and like snatches it out of your hands and reaches into the pile to find something else and like pulls it out and then hands you uh so this it's like a new it's a newer sheet of paper on it it's uh it's like this is a fresh job um we had info out of alina um apparently they're sending like a secret professor um to Vesthelm. we need to know what they're doing here okay what it it's a professor like what what do you mean? Well, normally when Alina sends professors to these kind of places, they uh, have documentation. Uh, we can follow and track what they're doing. I don't know if they knew we were spying on them or if they uh, have information that we don't. But this guy is like, he's he's a, a child prodigy and there is no documentation of him leaving. There's no reason for him to be coming to Vesthelm. And he's not sponsored or anything. We, we, we just need to know what this is. It could be very important if they're being this meticulous and hiding it. Uh, Click just kind of rolls his eyes. All right. Well, when is this child prodigy supposed to be here? Uh, it, they're arriving today. Yep, yeah, today. Well, that would have been nice earlier. Uh, looks like it's uh, in about four hours uh, the boat's supposed to get here uh we want we uh want to assign you uh we have a contact in the uh scouting the wall guard scouting regiment uh we're gonna see if we can pull a guy from there and uh just say that we want to sponsor him like uh here he holds you out a pouch it's got a hundred gold in it it's like say that we just want to uh this is a start and that we just want to sponsor his endeavor and see if you can kind of slip into whatever crew he has all right, that sounds good. Uh, and I take the, I take the pouch, put it in my back uh, pocket area, and I turn around and I start to head toward the docks. On the outskirts of Vesthelm, uh, there's a nice flat plain of snow 
Uh, in the snow, there has been blind, dug out, uh, create a field, and on that field uh, are a group of um, men and women battling it out in a different kind of fight. Uh, mostly dragonborn, but, you know, a few smatherings of other uh, working-class-looking people uh, are playing uh, some kind of physical game uh, on the field, uh, running down as a dragonborn, uh, about to score a final goal to secure the win for his team. Um, Chase, uh, what, what is what is Barry doing in this game? So Barry sees his old pal Finn running with this ball towards the goal and uh, just shouts out, oh, you think you got this one? And then as discreetly as possible, right as Finn's plant foot is about to hit the ground to toss this ball into the net as the seconds are going down, uh, Barry is going to cast Thaumaturgy to create tremors in the ground, harmless tremors, mind you. But Trimmers, nonetheless, right as his plant foot is hitting to throw off his balance. Awesome. Uh, give me a sleight of hand check. All right. Kind of disguise this. That is going to be a six plus three, nine. <laughs> um, yeah, you you call out your intentions and like you try to do this like kind of sleeper gesture, like uh, kind of like almost giving him the middle finger. But like if he doesn't see it because he's not looking for it, he's eyes on the goal. But if you were looking around, it's probably someone probably saw it. Um, but it doesn't matter because as he goes to plant his foot and sling this ball into the net from his uh, uh, stick, uh, it just his foot shakes and the ball goes wide and uh, the timer ticks to zero. Someone on the sidelines keeping uh, time and just hollers out like it's done. And uh, your team like storms the off the field like Hooper and hollering and Finch like oh, Barry, what the hell? Yeah, I walk over to him, just pat him on the back, say, "Hey, it's a tough break. You can't win them all. Oh, we go get a drink and forget about all this." It's like Astrid, that was you. You saw him. It's like I say, like, I didn't see nothing. I, that seemed like a clean shot to me. I don't know how you missed it. You see, Finn, ain't nothing funny going on here. Uh, he, he's just fuming, but like he, the, the, everyone's shouting and excited, and it's just like, like fire. Yeah, don't be a sore loser, buddy. First drinks on me. <laughs> At that, you guys just uh, the whole crew heads back to uh, the dragon's breath, or as it is lovingly called, the drunken dragon, uh, mm. where you guys kind of uh, it's 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 a uh, equivalent of a Friday night. You guys just had a lot of fun. Drinks are flowing. Uh, you guys, uh, you, Astrid, Finn, and a few other of your uh, uh, palling around buddies are have secured a table and just uh, uh, drinks are had, funds being had. Uh, since we're entering kind of like in a, 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 a your home turf of at the Dragon's Breath, uh, what what can you describe Barry to us? Uh, yeah, Barry is, uh, I'd say, moderately sized for a dragonborn. He's uh, about six foot one. Uh, he's got a low red mohawk and a short beard, which, you know, dragonborns is kind of uncommon. And he's always heard that there's a dwarf somewhere in their family lineage. And that's why he's got this beard. Um, 
And on top of that, he is a his skin is like a crystal shimmering blue. He is a sapphire gem dragonborn. That is awesome. Um, to my knowledge, uh, you have a buddy who follows you around who's probably lounging uh, in this bar somewhere. Uh, could you describe your familiar? Uh, yeah, I've got this uh, little buddy. His, uh, he is a bearded dragon kind of thing. So kind of a lizard, kind of a drake. Uh, little red dude just kind of chilling out in the corner. We set out some water for him to lap up some of the children that are for some reason in this bar it's a little bit irresponsible but it's a family establishment um are kind of playing with him and trying to get him to chase after a ball um and uh and barry's gonna go over and pat his uh his drake uh say all right josh you do good over here buddy yeah, he like turns his head sideways to look at you and like his tongue, like he like opens his mouth just a little bit, just like it's just a friendly like uh, kind of response. He doesn't like do anything. He just opens his mouth and kind of looks at you sideways and then turns it back down, like starts slapping at the lapping at the, the logger in front of him. All right. Uh, you go back to your your table where they're just kind of loudly talking to each other. Uh, Finn, who's had a few drinks, he's also a... Uh, a dragonborn, a gem dragonborn, I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he's a uh, the emerald. He's an emerald. Okay. Uh, yeah, but he's uh, had a few drinks. He's like, he said he saw you doing some type of hand motions when I stepped down. I, we should redo that game. We both know you cheated. I was doing hand motions, buddy. I was giving you the middle finger. You're about to beat me. I can't let that happen. And apparently you can't either. <laughs> hey, uh, motion over at the bartender. Hey, Amron, let's get one more round for uh, for everybody here. Uh, my treat. Uh, the whole bar just like, here, here. And uh, more drinks are passed around. The, um, Astrid's kind of uh, sitting with you. He's like, uh, so, uh, Barry, when are, y- when are y'all going back out on another scouting mission? I know it's, uh, I know you've been in town a little while. Uh, I got a little bit more leave left. I'm uh, just trying to take it easy, but you never know when the boss man comes calling. Hmm. Yeah, I'd love to go out with you sometime, but you know, uh, I got that promotion recently. Uh, it's, uh, I'm just glad I get to see you sometimes. Oh, yeah, me too. And somebody's got to stick around here and keep all these youngins in line. Hmm. Um, kind of like you guys just corralled. It, it, this is like, like you said, it's a family establishment. It's, it's a little rowdy. It's a little rough on the edges. Uh, but it's always a good place to be, and the beers always flows freely, even if it is watered down sometimes. <laughs> uh, from uh, the door, though, it's it's really it's about five in the afternoon, uh, so it's not uh, it's not quite party time yet. You guys started a little early just because you had like that fun game that you were taking part in. Um, but a dude does walk through the door who looks a little out of place. Uh, can you give me a perception check? Sure can. That is going to be a 13 plus 5, 18. Awesome. Um, yeah, you you definitely notice him enter. Uh, you check out his outfit. It looks like he is uh, part of the uh, wall guard, which is kind of uh, the enforcing um, people of the city. They don't uh, do a lot with civilians, but this guy has the uh, marks of a courier, mm-hmm. uh, and he's kind of clean, looks up. He looks around and uh, kind of locks eyes at, with you as uh, you 
noticed him over there and walks up to you. Oh, hey there, friend. Uh, you want to have a drink? What's your name? Uh, I'm I'm Samble. Uh, you notice he is like a. It's a now that you're up close, he's like a young guy, which is a lot of the couriers kind of are. Um, but he's I'm I'm Samble. Uh, are you Baruchel Singletus? Oh, I reckon you're close enough. It's actually Baruchel Singletus. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, I have this missive for you. And he pulls into like a, a pouch, pulls it out, and hands you a letter. I open the letter. Uh, he kind of waits there for a second. You open it up and it says, uh, urgent assignment, uh, come to home base uh, as soon as you are able. Alrighty. Uh, one more time. What's your name, buddy? My name's Samble. All right, Samble. I appreciate you coming on out this way. Uh, this is fine establishment. Have yourself a drink if you uh, go off duty soon. Uh, I think I got to attend to this. Uh, real quick, whoever sent this, what kind of a mood were they in? Are they going to be upset if I have a couple drinks in me today? Uh, I, if, if you are had a couple drinks, I, I can't tell, so maybe he won't either. I'll have a cup of coffee just to be safe. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, yeah, I, I turn to the rest of the group, go to the table, and say, Hey, Amory, one more for parting. Not for me, though, just for the rest, for, for this table. I've I've uh, given the rest of them enough liquid courage for the night. Uh, but all right, Astrid, Finn, everybody else, I'm going to have to go off uh, duty calls. Uh, I'll catch y'all tomorrow. They all uh, kind of raise a glass to you, and uh, you exit the establishment. Uh, not before finishing my the last drink I have and then grabbing a <laughs> cup of coffee on the way out. Awesome. Yeah, you uh, down both uh, and head out to uh, kind of your dispatch. Uh, it's kind of towards the wall. It's uh, a bit of a trot. Uh, you walk through the same um, uh, vest helm of the city that you've kind of been living in for um, um, eight years plus. Yeah, uh, about, about eight to ten at this point. Um, and you've kind of... You're, um, you're with the Scout Corps, which is just a uh, group of people who actually venture out into the mist and check on things. They have expeditions that they go on. Uh, you're currently on leave, but you know it, your leave was coming up. It's a little early, but um, you kind of know where you're going and uh, head that way. Yeah, uh, I guess as I get there along the way, I take a quick pit stop to the, I guess locker rooms, uh, whatever like the. St- getting ready areas and retrieve my bow and spear from the lockbox uh, my quiver of arrows and gear up before heading into HQ because I'm assuming that there's if it's urgent I'm going to be sent out pretty quick yep uh, you do so you uh, stop by the locker and pull out uh, your uh, weapon of choice which is a giant crystalline bow uh, do you want to describe that that was a it's a pretty cool weapon oh yeah it's uh, about as tall as me uh, so it's what say like five and a half six feet just on its own uh laced with this shimmering blue crystal uh just throughout the actual body of the bow uh even the bowstring has a little glimmer to it just uh just just cuz um yeah he uh he pulls it out uh just kind of inspects it for a second uh has great significance to him he just takes a moment to remember before putting us back with a spear and uh, getting ready and heading out. Awesome. Uh, as you leave the locker room, uh, this your um, dispatcher kind of meets you in the hallway. It's like, 
Oh, hey, uh, it's sorry to call you out. Uh, I know it, you're technically still on leave, uh, but I'll try to be brief. All right. If there's anything you can be, let's be brief. Uh, so apparently uh, we got a ping on an expedition that might need to happen outside of the city. Uh, we have a contact for you to talk to. Uh, looks like his name is Click. Uh, you'll be meeting him at the docks um, right here. Uh, he pulls out a map, shows it to you, says uh, you kind of look at it, and it reads, uh, looking for the mist splitter. All right. Uh, what's the deal on this Click, fellas? Is he an army? Is he a scout? Uh, external? Looks like he's private, uh, some kind of uh, investor or something. I'm not sure. Uh, Is there anybody else who can handle this? I'm tired of these private guys. They think they're all that. I know. This, this uh, we need someone who has a shard. We know that you and your people are able to, uh, you and at least Astrid do have one of these bows that can protect you outside of the mist. And most of the other scouting teams are missing. Uh, you're kind of our only choice here. Oh, all right. He better stay in line, though, or I'll send him straight real quick. Uh, that's your prerogative. Uh, they'll be depending on you, and you'll be most likely leading this expedition. So I think if you need to straighten someone out, I, 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 if any complaints come my way, they can disappear. All right. Well, it's good to know this expedition's in good hands. Um, well, great. Uh, you have the documentation. Uh, you know where you're, you're heading. Um, do you head towards the docks immediately? Uh, well, uh, before I want to just ask him, like, uh, about how long is, uh, is HQ expecting this assignment to be? Is it just a quick meet and greet? We having to, how far out into the wilds are we having to go? Uh, they have not given us any. It's uh, surprising, but they haven't given us a lot of details on this. Uh, it must come from somewhere higher up. Uh, this right. is uh, kind of low info, high expediency. Um, shouldn't be anything too dangerous if it is you have my permission to bring it right back to us and we'll look over it but uh seems like it's kind of hush hush you oh know leave, what I mean? yeah leave it to management to give us something uh super important with no information or lead time but all right and that's the job but all right well thanks buddy i guess i need to be getting a gideon on up out of here <laughs> all right see you when you get back Alrighty, hey, uh, you got any treats for Josh here? Uh, he like looks down and like Josh just like completely flattened himself, just like chilling in this thing. Like as soon as you walked in, uh, and uh, this guy like reaches into his pockets uh, and pulls out just like this nasty giant insect uh, that he has specifically for Josh, as Josh is basically the Scout Corps mascot at this point. And he like holds it up and Josh like from being flat on the ground just like picks his head up, turns sideways and does the open mouth thing. <laughs> and he kind of like tosses it towards him and Josh just like lightning quick, just snaps it out of the air and gulps it down and then just goes back to being flat on the ground. And that's why you're Josh's favorite. <laughs> so we love to see him. Uh, and he like reaches down, and, like kind of just lightly pets his head. He does whatever the bearded dragon version of purring is <laughs> <laughs> just like that open mouth a little bit it's just like it's like and it's like tilts it a little bit inside yeah. um but uh yeah you guys you and josh head back towards the docks 
Hey, I, I, I want to like just pick him up and like put him on my shoulder, let him like drape over so he doesn't have to walk. I love it. Yeah, you got like a giant like bearded dragon scarf on a six foot something <laughs> dragonborn. We have a bearded dragon and a bearded dragonborn. <laughs> uh, uh, but um, on your way to the DACA, you uh, do see that there is a um, goblin man, a uh, kind of looking a little out of place on the dock, uh, foot tapping kind of an impatience, uh, waiting for something. Uh, well, I walk up to him. Hey there, little fella. You wouldn't be click, would you? Uh, who's asking? Uh, well, my name's uh, Baruchel. You can call me Barry. Oh, hey, yeah. I was supposed to be meeting you. Yeah, I'm here from the Scout Corps. I hear you're a private. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, seems we're going to be working together. Yeah. Did they, uh, did they tell you anything about this professor? Damn near. No, there's, I didn't even know there's a professor involved. I was just told to come down to the docks and meet you. Oh, well, there you go. So you got more information than I do. You want to fill me in a bit? Uh, yeah. There's some professor that's coming here on some sort of expedition that we're going to uh, invest in I give him the air quotes well I don't think I got any investing coin on me I just know we're looking for a ship called the Miss Splitter gotcha but, you know where this ship's coming from they didn't tell me that either got next to nothing on this this here dossier nope I have no idea you want to go we can try to find somebody well I reckon we could try or I mean ship should be here at some point true true we can just wait a few minutes and see what happens all right, so, uh, uh, so where are you from? A click in the distance, you see uh, a ship coming in. Oh, thank God. All right, the ship's here. Let's go. All righty then. Oh, it looks like it's still a little bit of ways out in the dock. We got a few minutes to talk. <laughs> I'm already like... <laughs> I'm speed walking <laughs> to the docks. Just uh, running I, away from this I look at the nearest person to me. Don't care who it is. That's not click. Just say, well, I guess you don't want to talk. <laughs> uh, follow behind quietly. Uh, no one's there. And you just like see uh, Josh like tilt his head towards you. <laughs> 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 Uh, but you Wonderful. do manage to make it to the the unloading area of this dock, and a bunch of people walk out. Uh, notably, like, uh, give me perception checks, both of you, actually. Oh, <laughs> That's not good. Uh, 22. Uh, seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, click, you see a seven foot plus tall uh, bugbear and a halfling who matches the description of what your info has uh, exit the dock kind of together. And I am petting Josh. <laughs> and you're petting Josh. Uh, but you're together. You do see like them exit. Uh, you guys, uh, Carl and Sidus, uh, uh, you guys kind of exit this boat together. Um. So what's what's the next step? Why oh, oh wait, no! I'm the one that yeah. needs to go this place. Why are you asking me? Oh wait, no, no! I <laughs> silly me. I I know where we're going. I hope so. I I I'm this. I've never been here before. I've <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. Okay. Um. I don't. I don't actually know where to to go. Um. You have a map. 
I do. I do indeed have a map. I do. Yes. But I, I've never been here before either. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I look over at Click, seeing this duo coming down. It's like, now please tell me this isn't who we actually have to be dealing with and babysitting this whole time. Uh, it sure looks that way. Um, is that a, is that a bugbear? I've never seen one of my own two eyes, but it looks like the pictures in the books. As you guys walk down the gangplank, uh, you see a bearded dragon with a beard and a small goblin. You guys kind of square off big guy to big guy, little guy to little guy. And it looks like you guys meet on the dock. Thanks for listening to Not Another Nat One, our first episode. My name is Andrew. I'm playing the character of Carla Connus, the bugbear. And I'm Sam Allen. I am playing Clickbait, the Verdan Warlock. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Alex Smith. I'm playing Cytus Sercator, uh, the Halfling Wizard. Hey everybody, I'm Chase Ezel, undefeated in the Super Bowl, playing uh, Barry Singletus. And y'all can try and fight me on that. I have never lost a Super Bowl in my life. (laughs) I guess that's true. I guess that's true. (laughs) You haven't played in one either, though. (laughs) Exactly. Keith? Oh my god. Uh, Yeah, I'm Keith. I'm the game master for this. Uh, Sorry, this was a little different, a little more structured than usual. It's good to get the uh, character introductions out there though. Uh, Hopefully we can go back to some little more traditional D&D for the next episode. Uh, So stick around. Yeah, and if you're listening and you have not uh, followed us on any of our social media or joined the Discord or anything like that, uh, Chase, fill us in on where our friends can find us on the internet all right the uh, home address for alex smith <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> okay 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 don't go that deep <laughs> all right uh yeah you can write find us down, on- write that down <laughs> <laughs> now, you can find us on twitter uh at nano dnd that is d n as in nano d uh, you can find us on Instagram at not another nat one and you can find the invite link to our discord in both of those bios. So come join us, like our pictures, join our community, chat with other nerdy tabletop RPG enthusiasts who, for some reason, enjoy listening to the five of us sit around the table and chat. And come back next week for episode two. Uh, I'm, uh... <laughs> God! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Fuck. Uh, it's fine. I'm ready. <laughs>